Welcome to this week's episode of Jujitero's Coast to Coast, the podcast that talks about what's important on and off the mat. On today's episode, me and Cousin Ann are going to be talking about Fight Twins' main event, Josh Cisneros versus Damian Anderson. We're going to be discussing the Who's Number One, Gordon versus Pena, Part 3 card from top to bottom. Uh, but unfortunately, before we get to that, we got some very bad news. I'm sure most of you have probably already heard by now. But we just lost a humongous legend in our sport. The spectacular Leandro Lowe was taken from us in a tragic event that occurred over the weekend. I won't get into the details of what happened, but he's now gone. And there's a giant hole in many, many Jujitero's hearts out there right now. And the game's for sure, it's never going to be the same without him, man. He was a wonderful ambassador for the sport. He was a revolutionary trailblazer that changed the game. He embodied what it meant to be a, a true jujitero because he would go against anybody, anywhere, any weight, any time. And uh, I know I'm not the only one, but I was a huge, huge fan. He had a huge impact on my early blue belt game. I used to love studying his passing game, his floating top game. I mean, uh, I can go on and on about on about him, man. And it's super unfortunate. I never got to meet him, but like I said, I was super influenced by him. And uh, there's just no words to describe a man like that, man. He's a man of humble beginnings from a small team, from a s even smaller town, making it to the big leagues and became a world champion. Won eight world championships in the last 11 years, not to mention he had been out of the game for a little bit and just won a world championship this last this past year. So uh, I'm not sure how we'll ever solve the problem of preventing violence toward each other, but hey. All of us, you, me, everybody listening to this, man, we got to do a better job of, of making sure that we take care of each other and not allowing or not going towards the level of violence when we have a simple disagreement. You know what? Um, I know they got into an argument over something stupid. Um, both sides should have just let it go. It never should have got to that level. But, hey, it is what it is, and uh, we're going to honor Leandro with a silent 10 count for this. So let's uh, just take a little moment of silence here before we begin today's episode, Juju Dettles. Yeah, because I also want to, you know, also something that uh, something that I've noticed, I, I don't know if you've been watching, um, you know, I'm fairly newer to the whole jiu-jitsu life and everything uh, than, than you are. I know you've been doing it for a lot longer and kind of, you know, have a bigger understanding and um, personal relationship with a lot more, you know, the community. Uh, than I have, but uh, one of the things I, I, I have seen uh, low in a lot of documentaries, I've seen him a lot of uh, competitions, watching him online, everything like that. So I, you know, I've come to know him over the years. Uh, but one thing that I that I recently, you know, kind of found out or and was how he was off the mat too. Now, he wasn't just a great person on the mat, but uh, I was watching the Bushesha uh, uh, documentary on Flow. And it, uh, he played a, a key part in in his success and, and helping him through some tragic times when Bushesha was having some was had some injuries and even to the point of one time allowing you know Bushesha to they were going to compete and he turned it down he could have been champ he could have went could have thought about himself but he knew that Bushesha needed this he knew that uh, and if you watch the the documentary he needed this you know he was having like kind of a, a mental need to get back in it because of an injury but kind of almost having that ptsd moment but trying to overcome it and and low went to him and just said hey this is your time and and let him just i mean 
you know, let him, you know, take that, take the win and not the win, but allowed him to continue on and end up, he ended up winning the championship. And it's something I didn't even realize and how uh, Leandro Lowe, uh, he, you know, helped him through a lot of those times, those low times of when he was hurt off the mat, you know, kind of, you know, keeping him up and keeping him, you know, motivated and getting him back out there. I mean, it was something that you, you know, you don't see a lot, uh, a lot of times, but definitely something that, you know, came to mind when I thought about it. I was like, wow, I just watched this documentary of this guy. And, you know, obviously, you know, he wasn't, uh, Lowe wasn't the main person it was about Bashesha, but I saw so much of him um, with Bashesha off the mats and how, you know, what a great person he was and how, you know, he was all about like that family, that brother, uh, you know, um, that brotherhood that we, we talk about so much on the show. So, you know, he is definitely going to be missed. Yeah, he definitely had that big brother vibe. I mean, he came from that small team, Cicero Costa, down. I can't remember what the name of the little town they were from, but, I mean, that's where the Meow Brothers came from. That's where Dallas and Soares came from. And then, of course, Leandro Lowe, he was, like, one of the first guys that came out of there. So he was a mm-hmm. big brother to a lot of people, man. He he influenced a lot of people, and I know that a lot of people are hurt right now. So uh, Yeah, definitely. Rest in paradise, Leandro. is the motivation. All right, cuz you ready? You want to intro the who's number 1 card? Uh yeah, yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do this. Uh right. you know, trying to go from right. that sad moment onto this. It's a little hard, but yeah. uh yes, yeah, so we're talking about yeah. the who's number one card that just happened yesterday. Some great fights that uh that happened and leading all the way up into the main event of Gordon Ryan versus uh Felipe. And it was gonna be their third fight. This is the the third of three, obviously three fights. That's kind of kind of just kill myself there. But yeah, they you know they they met before. Uh, you had a chance to go and watch their older fights, and got to see kind of how Gordon Ryan has kind of progressed over the years. He's definitely grown up from like looking very young and skinny to where he is today. Um, and then and watching you know how his game has changed. Definitely not the person that we saw you know in the last two fights. So I was really excited about that. But we had some great competition yesterday on Flow. With who's number one? Um, did you want to get into? I'll let you go ahead and introduce all uh, the fighters. But it was a great, you know, a great matches yesterday. We had quite a few, um, and I'm really looking forward to talking about this tonight. Yeah, man, it was such a great night of matches. But good lord, man, how the f? How long did it take for six o'clock to get here? I know Charlie <laughs> I was pissed. I was like, I. 
felt like it was worse than waiting for three o'clock to get to to happen at work. Like time was going backwards. It it took forever, especially the last 45 minutes. But eventually we got to the show. And the first match of the show was Fabricio Andre taking on Fabian Ramirez. What'd you think, cuz? Oh, Maybe I thought that was surprise you. Uh, no, what were your expectations for this match? Unfortunately, I I, I felt like uh, Fabricio was he was definitely going to take the win on here. However, Fabian did at one point catch him, um, and I can't remember what the uh, what the submission was, but he uh, he he surprised me um, during the middle. It of was the like match, a footlock. Yeah, and yeah, because remember Fabrizio like, got mad, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. you motherfucker!" Right, and I was just like, "Uh oh, this could you know could be like a complete upset." But I mean, other than that, Fabrizio was just he was dominant, just like we you know thought he was gonna do. I mean, he's just just strong. I mean, all those guys on that Brazil team are just strong, overly strong. But Fabian, he did well. You know, he um. He, he didn't he survive. Yeah, he, he survived and it wasn't a quick match. And I know some people probably underestimated him, but he did very well. He did very well in uh, competing yesterday. But, you know, it ended up the way we all I think a lot of us all thought it was going to end up. Yeah, you know, I honestly I thought I was surprised because um, I, I thought this was one of the few matches that we were going to probably see a sub in. And I we didn't. But we did see mm-hmm. some sick takedowns. Like we said in the past, Fabricio has definitely been working on his wrestling game, and you saw that sneaky, sneaky what about duck that under. throw, dude? That's what I'm saying. He got that duck yeah. under. He got to the back, and then he almost souped him. And for a uh-huh. second there, I thought it was going to be a la uh, uh, who am I thinking from the UFC member uh, Demetrius Johnson when we uh, that yeah fight yeah yeah. Saw. Where he uh-huh, slammed yeah. a dude and then got him in the arm bar. Cam yeah. name, but I thought that's what he was gonna do because he had it for a little while. If he would have snagged that arm, because he did mm-hmm. uh, uh Fabian did leave his arm up for just a little bit, but it wasn't in long up long enough for Fabricio to grab it. Uh so Fabricio, I remember him hitting two powerful, powerful takedowns. Um, <laughs> yes. That, uh, that he, one he, hip toss that he he oh uh, yeah that was, was one, gonna man. land on his head and he ended up twisting in the air to get uh, to end up landing on his back but oh man that was just scary impressive yes very scary yeah um, oh yeah had it been had it been ADCC rules I'm pretty sure it would have ended the same way because uh, Fabricio hit those takedowns he did have the um, the more advanced positions have Fabian in trouble the whole night. Uh, other than that leg lock that we mentioned a little while ago, Fabricio was cruising. Uh, I don't know if he was holding back or if it was Fabian's defense. Um, but again, Fabricio ended up scoring a decision victory. So yeah, kudos, Fabricio. Can't wait to see you next month, bruh. I think we're like yes. five weeks, five weeks and days away from ADCC. Um Next matchup. So that first matchup, you were able to see that on YouTube because they showed that for free. That was they counted that as a prelims match and this as well as this next match. So if you haven't watched any of this, like I like to tell you guys, I give you these tidbits, I give you these little nuggets of jujitsu heaven. Go to YouTube, watch the Fabricio Andre match. Go to YouTube, watch the next match. We're about to talk to about Yogo Baby Shark Race taking on Esteban the Giant Slayer Martinez. Cuz. What were your impressions wow. from this match? 
Well, number one, the first thing I got to talk about is when Diego starts talking, you, you you realize how young he is, you know, because he has that little little boy. Not only does he look young, but when he starts talking, you can tell that he's a, he's a very young kid. Hey, but why are you talking is- about me like that? <laughs> but you know what? That kid's a beast. He's a he's a monster. I mean, uh, and, I but bet you won't Esteban, say that to his face. I, I'll look down and I'll tell him. I'll look down and I'll tell him, but I'm going to laugh and, at the same time and make sure he knows I'm just joking. I'm going to tell him. <laughs> I'm gonna tell him at him the meet, meet and greet. Hey, this is the guy that's been getting into your DMs. <laughs> What's up, baby? And then shark? I'm gonna run. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, you know what? That that fight was awesome. It was good. You know, I I was expecting to see more of the flips and you know and and um the jumping around and everything that fast pace um from Esteban, but I didn't really see it. Not till like the middle of the of the match did you kind of see. Esteban started to do, I think he did one flip the, the whole night. Normally he's just like a, you know, a popcorn kernel, you know, on the stove, just popping it everywhere. Uh, but you didn't really see that, but he, you know, he did well, but you know, baby shark. Wow. He took control of the match and just was controlling it. I mean, uh, there, I think at one point there was a couple of escapes, but other than that, it, it was, it was dangerous. It was really dangerous. And I really thought that he was, there was a one point where, uh, Diago, uh, uh, I thought he was going to submit him. I, he got, I think it was a triangle choke or something like that, and I thought he was going to submit Esteban, but he was able to recover and get out of it like he always does. And it was just, man, that little kid's going to be something else to watch. How many bad positions did Esteban get out of? Of everyone, he had him on his back. Everyone. He got out. He was in a crucifix. He got out. He had him in half in his half guard. He got up. Everything he got up. But like we mentioned, the same things that he's able to do and get away with in other matches, he wasn't able to do. Right? He tried to do right. that crazy backflip guard pass. Diogo was ready for wait ready and waiting for that. So even though yeah. uh, Esteban was able to get out of all these crazy positions, it. Diogo just had trap after trap after trap, and he had to escape. Otherwise, he would have gotten tapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty much what it was like. Tom and Jerry on the mat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, there was a. Uh, I heard an interesting tidbit uh, on the, in the match. One of the announcers said that Esteban finally started working with a wrestling coach. So I guess oh. up until that match, whatever he's been doing, he's been doing since high school. I guess. I thought he wow. was a wrestler. No, that kid, that kid's like a you know, a little gymnast. I mean, I can't yeah, even call him no a kid. Doubt. I mean, he's a grown he's a grown ass man. Yeah, he's like twenty-eight. I mean, so but he, he he's so like, you know, quiet and everything and, and tiny. But I mean that kid, I mean, there I go again. But he is pretty pretty Don't amazing. I'm that. still impressed by by Esteban's, you know, his talent of just utilizing being small and everything. You know, using that to his advantage, he really does, and, and he can get out of a lot of things where I would think he'd be dominated. But you know, they don't call him the giant slayer for nothing. Yeah, yeah, for sure, right? So, uh, n- next match up, cuz was uh the first match on the main card. I'm doing the air quotes right now, and that was Jacob the Hillbilly Couch taking on J Rod. What were your thoughts? I know you were really looking forward to this match. Um, what'd you think? Were you, were you disappointed? Were you relieved? Were you, 
I was, you know what? I was a little bit disappointed. I was because I was expecting to see J Rod do a little more um, on the mats, but he got caught. You know, Jacob Couch is no joke. He, you know, he's the, he's becoming a legend little by little. I mean, he's a he's a tough runner. I mean, I saw him. It it reminded me of when he went against Gordon Ryan. How Gordon Ryan just you know dominated. I think he even put him in you know a few of the same. You know, not submissions, but same in the same uh, positions that Gordon Ryan had him in. You know, so any it just seemed like he was just doing his thing. You know, just waiting for him, just taking his time, and and it just it he was just dominant. J uh, Jacob Couch was just dominant on there. I was hoping to see J Rod kind of do a little more impression. I was looking for the J Rod I saw at the last ADCC trials, um, and I didn't really get a chance to see that because he was just stuck. And I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to him come September, but I think he definitely needs to work on some more things. Yeah. You know, I think this was, this was kind of like a matchup problem, you know, just, just some people mm -hmm. have your number. Some people's games just are able to uh, cancel out others. And we weren't able to see the full J rod, you know, Jacob mm -hmm. Couch did a really good, really good um, job of stifling J rod's game. And holding him down, controlling him, putting him in positions where he wasn't able to use his explosiveness, use his speed to get out of stuff. I mean, the match started off. He pulled guard. Eventually, Jacob got a sweep, and then he got on top, and then that was it. He was never, ever able – J-Rod was never able to get his game going and, and show what he can do. So, again, I, I just think that this was a, a bad matchup for him. Maybe if – in the future because both of these guys are super young. So there's mm -hmm, no doubt yeah. that eventually somewhere down the line, they're going to, they're going to meet up again. And I have no doubt that J rod's going to have a different game plan for that. And just like you said, cause I'm, I have, I'm super looking forward to J rod uh, in, in, in ADCC because the match he had just before this against Giancarlo Bodani, he did really good. And you know yeah. how good Bodani is. Bodani is mm -hmm. a multiple time ADCC competitor trials winner you know he's a stud he's training with gordon every day over there in, in new wave and uh and i'm not gonna say that j-rod had his way with him but j-rod was able to 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 get to some parts of his game that he was not able to versus jacob now does that mean jacob's better than bodani i i don't think so i wouldn't bet on that but again i think it's just a matchup problem what do you guys think yeah. out there about about that matchup do you think that J-Rod was maybe nervous from all the attention coming through this match? Uh, or do you think it was a matchup problem? I don't know. You know, something to talk about. You know something what? I'm actually thinking, you know, since you mentioned that, I'm actually thinking that J-Rod might be because, like, on the when he was on the Who's Next uh, thing, I think at that point he was kind of on that hype from ADCC. And now after oh, not yeah. making it, you know, not making it on Who's Next, and then, you know, now this, I think that, you know, maybe there is something, some mental part of it that's like, okay, you know, maybe, I, you know, maybe I was lucky or maybe I'm not ready for this or I don't know, I don't know. But, or, you know, it could have just been, he just got caught by Jacob Couch and Jacob Couch was able to control and be calm about it and just keep control over J-Rod because he, once he would, you know, he had a hold of his neck. I was surprised he didn't finish J-Rod a few times. Cause it looked like, yeah. uh, so, you know, it was pretty tight, you know, and, but J-Rod, he managed to continue and continue to fight through. And, you know, J-Rod's not the, not the one that's going to give up easy. Um, he's going to fight through and he definitely showed hard and, and fought through. 
Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It was a good match. Um, we got to see the heart of both individuals. Um, and Jacob did end up getting that decision by the ref, by, uh, ref's decision. So it was a good match. I look forward to seeing a little bit more. I would have liked to see a little bit more out of J-Rod. But, hey, next time. Uh, that brought us to the midpoint of the card, cousin. And that brought us to Mika Galvao taking on 10th Planet's Allen Sanchez. This was the only submission on the entire card that we got to see. What'd you think? She, everything that we've been saying about Micah is on point. Like he dominated, uh, dominated. I'm, I'm so looking forward to him at ADCC. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up being the, one of the youngest winners of ADCC. Uh, he was just dominant. He went out there, did his thing and submitted it like it was nothing. You know, he just looks like a kid that's just enjoying himself out there and, not having any issues. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm super impressed. I'm super impressed with it. I, I, I like this man. Even though it wasn't a back and forth, it was just, you saw jujitsu in this match. So I really enjoyed it. He was just very dominant the whole time and just went out yeah, there and did what he needed to That was the whole him. time you're talking. That's what I was mm -hmm. thinking. I was just, it was just pure domination, man. Like, yeah. Thanos versus freaking. Lino from Thundercats, bro. It was just <laughs> killer. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. who the hell gets a one-arm rear naked choke like that? And did you see Alan's face? Yes. It was like someone was grinding his guts and squeezing his lungs at the same time because he couldn't breathe. He couldn't move. He was in pain. He was mentally, was just physically... Tight. He was, oh, it was just everything about him, dude. He just looked like he did not want to be there. I felt so bad for him. Right. But it uh, might yeah, be one of the few times where you see a, a tap by uh, by foot. You know, he was like freaking tap dancing. Yeah. Get me out of yeah, here. It was. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, but that was, that was a great match. It was a great match. I'm totally yeah, looking forward yeah, to seeing him. Yeah. I, I can't. I don't yeah, even know what's I mean, next. Round. I think the only thing Allen had was like a freaking lockdown for like a second or two that slowed down Mika, and then eventually he hit his cut through, uh, cut through, pass guard. Next thing you know, he's mounted, and then next thing you know, he's on his back, and then next thing you know, he's got one arm. And did you see how he flowed? How he flowed from that position to get to the back? Oh, he was. It just, was. It was yes. Yeah. It he just awesome. floated. It was like he was floating in yes. midair, and Sanchez like was turning and everything, and he's in midair just letting him do it. And he's like, "Okay, I'll take your back." And he's like, "Next thing you know, he has he has his back." It was it was amazing just to watch see him float. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great. It was great to see. It was beautiful jujitsu, typical Mika showing flashes of brilliance. Cannot wait to see what he does in the seventy-seven or is yeah seventy-seven kilograms division right right all right hey let's talk a little bit about the female match we had a uh, bia mesquita taking on elizabeth clay two nogi world champions one jujitera a little more highly decorated than the other but the other one on her way up and has been making a name for herself because what do you think about this matchup well this one was definitely you know an, an age uh one thing that was you know uh, separated them was the, the age difference you know you had a younger Younger uh, individual versus an older individual, and I don't. I'm not even saying old. I mean, she was in. She's in her early 30s. However, I mean, it was a high high paced match. I, I did like this uh, match. It was definitely 
uh, one that kept me, you know, like on the edge of my on the edge of my seat. Uh, because um, Clay, you could really just see how she, you know, she was very dominant. There was there was some positions that I, I would have just tapped from the just, you know, she would get uh, compressed or or bent in a certain position, and it was like nothing. She would look like a pretzel out there a few times. And I'm just thinking to myself, I would have, I would have tapped from just being, you know, compressed like you know she was. But she kept on, she kept, you know, fighting for way. At the end of the whole thing, I don't know if I would have gone the same way. But you know, when you leave it up to the judges, you know, they might have seen something that I didn't. Uh, but I thought it was really good. I thought it was a really good match of going back and forth and kind of just, you know, one person trying to dominate but they just move between positions very well very well what about you what did you think oh i thought it was a great match a lot of back and forth uh elizabeth clay able to get out of some very precarious situations uh she showed a lot of patience a lot of tenacity but bia mosquito's just another level dude like you she yeah. would tap the crap out of both of us and everybody in the gym at the same time <laughs> um, yeah now nah, it was it was a really good match man Nothing. I wasn't surprised by the situation. Hey, kudos to Elizabeth to survive for surviving for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially in some of the positions she got put in, uh, she found a way to get out and and did very well. Did very well. Yep. Yeah. So now let's talk about the co-main, co-main, co-main. Nicholas Marigali taking on Rafael Lovato Jr. Thoughts. Wow. I was not, I mean, I was a little, because of how they were talking in the, the press conference, you know, I was looking to thinking this was going to be a more evenly matched. Um, but it wasn't Merrick Golly. I mean, he's just been on, on a, since his first debut when, he, uh, when he came out and started competing at Noki, he has just been dominant and just getting better and better. I know I, I'm pretty sure he's been uh, training with, uh, Gordon Ryan, and you could definitely see how he's been working on some of his wrestling um, during the match, uh, but definitely just dominant. Um, and Rafael Lovato, I got to give it to him. I mean, you know, he's no joke. I mean, he has a, a very big, long history, of, you know, being, you know, jiu-jitsu and everything, you know, huge black belt competitor. And, I mean, uh, Marigali just had an answer for everything. He just completely dominated um, Lovato the whole, the whole time. You know, and, you know, he came up with the win. It was easily, at the end of it, it was easily seen. And, you know, I, I love the, the respect between, you know, both of these two competitors. Yeah, man, it was like you, because I did, I mean, I was pretty sure that Marigali was going to win the match, but I did not think that he was going to dominate like he dominated. He pretty yeah. much was able to do whatever he wanted to do to Rafael whenever, whenever he wanted. He wanted to pass, he passed. He wanted to go inside of control. He went inside control. He wanted to take the back. He took the back. He wanted to take him down. He took him down. So uh, I did mention that this was a possible matchup in the weight division uh, at ADCC. But, dude, people better fucking watch out. Because if he's able to do that to Rafael, he can probably do that to almost anybody in that whole weight division. So uh, he put everybody on notice. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a sleeper for that ADCC. For a lot of people that aren't expecting him to come out there, Marigoli to come out there and dominate, I don't know, man. He he's he was impressive. He was impressive. Because he's got – I mean, he's constantly looking for subs. 
He's constantly mm-hmm. putting people in bad positions and forcing you to do something that you don't want to do. And then once he once you start going down that hill, it's game over. He just yeah, he's trying to be pushing the pressure a lot. Trap. So yeah, yeah. Listen to all the other people that are in his weight bracket. Uh Kine, Kynan Duarte, Rafael Avado, Craig Jones, Tim Spriggs, uh not Patrick Adio. <laughs> Elder Cruz, Vinicius Gazzola, Devontae Johnson, and Yuri Samos. Not to mention the, uh, the qualifiers that won the tournament. Uh, that's Purdue Tiopton, Mason Fowler, Paul Ardelia, Joe Acosta, uh, Enrique Sacconi, Luke Griffith, and Isaac Michel. So uh, definitely everybody else I'm sure was paying – uh, everyone that we just mentioned probably paid really close attention to this match. Uh, and he probably moved himself up in the pre-rankings for ADCC. He still got to prove himself. So just because he was able to do that against, I know we're saying that right now. He put it on Lovato. Who knows where Lovato's at in his training? Who knows if he put it all out there? Who knows if he's saving stuff for ADCC? Uh, but who knows what everybody else is doing as well? So uh, a great matchup that leads us to the main event because. Kick it off, cuz what was the main event? Oh, so we had Gordon Ryan versus Felipe Pena. Uh man, this I got so much to say about this match, not only before but after. Like, oh man, For, what did you think about the match? I just let's let's go straight to that. What did you think about it? Because I'm gonna be the, the mad rapper in the background. Um it, I mean, it went it went down exactly like I thought it was. I thought that Gordon was going to put the pressure on, that he was going to be in it for the long haul. The longer the match went, I thought the better it was going to be for him. Look at how many matches he's had in the past. and I'm talking about Gordon here. And he's never even once came to exhausting a quarter of his tank. I've never, We've never seen Gordon breathing heavy. We've never seen him huffing and puffing, putting his hands on his knees. And so I kind of felt like that was his strategy going into this match. Um, they stood up. They wrestled for about nine or, nine or so minutes before Gordon decided to sit down. I didn't think he was going to take that long. I thought they actually were would have hit the mat a lot sooner. I was thinking that maybe about the five-minute mark, Gordon would have been like, ah, if he couldn't take him down, then he would have just sat down. Uh, eventually, he sat down. He invited Felipe in. Felipe came in, and then Gordon set a trap for him right away. And next thing you know, he swept, and he was on his back. Um, and that was how most of the match went. You know, Felipe was just getting out of the, all these dangerous positions. He was able to get out, get out, get out. It did look like he was using a lot of energy to get out. It did not appear that Gordon was doing the same thing, exerting the same amount of energy to put Felipe into those positions. And along the way, I don't know how many takedowns did Gordon hit on Felipe. Was it two or was it three? Uh there. I don't know. I think I want to say there was three. Um, but I mean, you know, to add to what you were you were saying, I mean, even at the beginning of the match, did you notice how like there was a lot of aggression in some of those in some of those uh, clinch you know clinch ups or well, you know when they would clinch up or you know slap downs. each other. He kept trying yeah. to snap his neck and he would just slap. Yeah, I mean it was the same bullshit that they always try to do. You know. They always try to a lot of hand, a lot of hand fighting and everything. A lot of hand fighting, a lot of hand fighting, a lot of shit talking. Uh, mm -hmm. I did think that Gordon had a little harder time with Felipe's game that he originally thought. You know, 
I thought that he mm-hmm. was just probably thinking that he was going to steamroll him and just fucking mount him and, and pressure him and me, maybe even be able to, to get that tap that he was trying to get against uh, Pedro a couple weeks ago, but he wasn't able to. Yeah. Um, but once again, you know. I don't know. I mean, Gordon, because, you know, Pena, he's a big dude. You know, he's he's a big guy. You know, you saw Gordon trying to do a couple foot sweeps here, here and there. They were both kicking the crap out of each other trying to do foot sweeps. I don't know if they were really trying or just kicking each other. Um, but, you know, the hand the hand fighting, I mean, I feel like that's kind of typical of Gordon to kind of do some hand fighting at the beginning like he was. Um, I think uh, I think Pena what, is a little bit heavier, a little stronger. So, you know, compared to who he has competed against. So, you know, he wasn't able to kind of push him around and, and put his weight on him, you know, as much at the beginning when they were doing the hand fighting. But, you know, I think I thought it was good that Gordon, you know, sat down. I thought it was, uh, you know, because he did it a couple of times. A couple of times he chose to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to get on my back. You go ahead and you can have that dominant position and let's see what you can do with it. And Pena couldn't. Pena just kept doing the same thing at, like over and over. He just kept trying to go for, you know, ankles or, you know, and it really all Gordon would do is just kind of you know get his knee free and then that was it and then he would just move on but you know um but Gordon you know he was you know, like you said he just wasn't getting tired I mean he was just pushing the same pace as he do, always does and he just keeps going and keeps going and little by little he just kept putting the pressure on it just seemed like more and more he started putting the pressure as time went on but yeah he wasn't breathing hard but you could see. Pena starting to breathe, starting to, you know, breathe hard a few times. Yeah, man, he just put it on him and eventually it was just too much, you know. And and even before he gave gave up, he seemed to already be giving up a, a couple of times. You know, there was mm-hmm. that point in the match where Gordon uh, was pushing for a takedown. They went to the sideline. They went to the edge of the match, the mat. They weren't quite out of bounds yet. And it kind of seemed like Felipe just conceded to whatever was going on because he maybe he thought he would they were farther off the mat than they really were. And then when the ref tried to restart them in the center of the mat in the same position, Felipe was like, nah, I'm not doing that. We were like, I don't know what the words were. I don't know what the conversation was that he had with the ref, but it looked like he was like, no, I'm not going to get in that position. That's not where we were. We can start over right here. Eventually, he did get down and he – Got into the I position like he that he was just ref. trying to buy time because he was already tired. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. You Maybe know? he was trying to I think, think of a, just... a strategy, trying to get his win back. Who knows? But I don't know how many minutes later 15 minutes, 10 minutes later he got up. There was a break in the in the match, they were about to restart, and he, he just walked over to the scorer's table. What was that about? Another time, just like because even he went over to the uh to the scorer's table. Um, the announcers, and he says something to the announcer, and the announcer's like, are you okay? What do you need? And he's just like, he didn't say anything. Pena didn't answer him. Yeah. And he, you know, and and then all of a sudden, next you know, he turns around, and he starts again. It's like, okay, you just, again, once again, you're going to take a break right in the middle of this? It was like, what is going on? What is going on? And then next thing you know, they're, you know, they're going at it again, and all of a sudden he gets up and he just starts to walk off. And it was like, and then he, uh, you know, you hear that he just quit. It was like, what? 
I've never seen that before. Never seen that before. I, I, yeah. What were your thoughts on that? I was just unfortunate. You know what I mean? It was a, a horrible ending to what we've been waiting for for a very long time. I left a very sour note about our very sour. I mean, I even I've been hyping this matchup all week because all week I've been waiting for and, this for a and long dude, time. <laughs> I even had my wife watch part one <laughs> and part two. I told her on this shit. I could not believe she was like, "Hey, is it six o'clock? Hey, what time is the match? Are they on yet? Hey, when's Gordon coming on?" She was all in. All in on this, and if you don't know my wife, you know that if if you sell her something and it doesn't turn out to be the way you said it, oh, bro, hey, because hey, because she she's an uh, an amazing, respectable woman. That's all you need to. She's say. a hater to the max. <laughs> hater to the max, and that's all I got. She's like, we stayed up for this. <laughs> Which was what I was thinking, but I didn't say it. But uh, you know what? It's just a tragic ending to. Too. I mean, and then who knows how much uh, what he said in the post-fight interview is, is actually true. You know what I mean? Was he really hurting? Is he using it as an excuse? I don't, I don't know. I kind of felt like if if your boy goes out like that and you have a match. Nah, because I'm, I'm going I'm to interrupt know. you right I don't there. Put my, I don't want to put myself in those shoes. So, because I don't know what's going on in his head, I don't know where his head is at. You know what I well, mean? Well, that's but, the thing. That's the thing. Like everybody, I can only, I but can... everyone faces tragedy, tragedies. Everyone faces adversity in a different way. Um, and it was just, you know, it was just all bad. You know, if you if you watched his post fight interview in, on Flow Grappling, he's got a lot of emotion in his face. It, it's I don't know if if he's a, if he's acting. If he was, hey, he fooled me, man. Give him an Academy Award. Along with Aljamain Sterling after uh, Piotr Jan, Aljamain Sterling Part One, but it is what it is. We we don't know. We'll never know. We can say what we want back here, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? My my question is like, okay, all right. Let's just say that's the case. Let's let's say, and I'm not saying because I mean, you know, Lowe's passing was you know sudden. It was traumatic. You know, they were friends. You know, as soon as I heard that that you know that happened in the morning when I woke up and I you know saw everything, and I was like, I wonder how this is gonna affect him. I mean, first thing I thought about, okay, got it. So then when I saw him, I saw all these other Brazilian competitors compete, and all of them were like, I'm doing it for him. I'm doing it for him, which I would think a lot of people would do. Okay, maybe they weren't as close friends with him. All right, now you got Felipe that's out there. He's been talking all this trash. You know, you know they both been talking trash. They're going to out to do it. He gets out there to, to compete. And he doesn't look upset. He's talking trash. He's, you know, making fun of, you know, Gordon during the match. You know, he's trying. He's doing his thing and everything. Like, I don't see any of that. I feel sad, whatever. And then all of a sudden he gets tired and he doesn't say anything then. I'm, he's probably not going to because it's the match. But little by little, again, he, you know, takes a break. Then finally the third time he's like, I'm quitting because I'm not in this. Like. Bro, you're about to you're competing for a hundred k. You put in ten k, you're gonna get a hundred k. Number one, if if you're selfish and you're to be like, okay, yeah, hundred k, that's enough for me. I'm good. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna compete this whether I win or lose, whatever. Okay, but then on top of it, my question is, okay, 
you're saying that you weren't into it and everything, then what is all this about, you know, talking trash throughout the whole thing? And then you go and you, of all people, go and say that your best friend who passes away called you the day before, told you how important it was for you to to beat him, to compete and beat him, and then you have the opportunity to do that and you don't do it? When you look like you were completely into it the whole time until you got tired, so I'm I'm asking yeah. the question like you know how how is that the case? Because then you know I'm hearing you're hearing from the other side saying like okay did he you know and I don't know how much of this is true we have yet to know you know and I, I want to be you know facts but these are questions that I have if this is true that once. You know, everyone found out that Lowe passed. He had the option of not competing, and he chose to. But then ask for more money? I'm sorry, but, you know, if someone I cared about passed away, it's not going to matter whether I make, yeah, I'm going to get more money out of it or not. I either am in it or I'm not. I'm either, you know, yeah, traumatized. Yeah, you know, cringy, man. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, if that's true, then that really, like, that's some, you know, shitty thing. When the other side saying, hey, you know, if you want to cancel, we could cancel, but we're not changing the rules. Like you're trying to use this to change the rules. Like if that's true, then, you know, it goes more to show. I think it goes along the lines of everything. So with everything being said and kind of what I saw from the match, I'm kind of more leaning towards, you know, he was tired he, and, and quit on himself uh, out there and is using this as an excuse. I'm sorry, but I, I just I'm that's what I'm leaning towards. Do I know that's true? No, I don't. You know, if it's if it's not true and you know he is hurting everything, which I'm sure he is, you know, but how much he's hurting, I don't know. But I don't know. Just there's a there's a lot of questions there and, and a lot of, of what ifs, you know. A lot of what ifs, especially yeah. with everything, you know, stuff that came out of his own mouth, and then now you got both sides seeing, you know, their portion of it. And yeah, you just got common sense of all right. Hey, if I'm my best friend passes away and I'm not in it, and I have the chance to reschedule, then I'm probably gonna do that if I'm not in it. And then if I am, yeah. if I feel like I'm in it and I go to compete, and then I realize during it that I'm not, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I just quit. I, you know, I, I don't know. That's, I, I was super disappointed, super disappointed in the outcome of the match. The way the match, well, the way the match turned out, I wasn't disappointed because I, you know, I thought uh, Gordon was going to dominate him, you know, um, out there like he's been doing it, and it was impressive some of the, you know, some of the things he was doing to uh, to Pena, but overall to quit, that's just not. I, I, I hate to say it, not but that's just not the that's not the jujitsu way, you know. Like what coach, what gym, what cl what school do you go to where they're like? Hey, just quit if you're not feeling it today. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to be that asshole, but I, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying. I got. I got questions. I got questions. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll get them mastered at ADCC. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. All maybe right, guys. We well, that was that was the last match. Anything you want to add before we wrap this bad boy up? Anything you want to say mm -hmm. to the people? To Felipe. Well, 
<laughs> well, Felipe, look, you know what? If I see you out there and anything, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm not going to be disrespectful. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you, man. I'm just going to be straight up. You know, I'm sorry for everyone's loss. You know, we, we did lose a legend. I, you know, I'm glad that we were able to kind of talk about that and, and remember him. And I'm glad that, you know, I got to, you know, learn a little bit more about him and kind of, you know, his life and legacy, both on the mat and off the mat. You know, and so, you know, it is a sad moment. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people are going to be feeling it, you know, uh, but I am looking forward to ADCC in the long run. I am looking, you know, the next thing that I'm really looking for is the rematch just to see where it all ends because Felipe Pena, he is a strong guy. And, you know, if he's going to do it, he's going to do it. Um, but I think Gordon Ryan's at that next level. And now I'm, I'm more so looking for, the Andre Galvo, you know, I'm looking to see how, how Gordon does with that. And if he's, you know, so dominant because Andre Galvo, that's another strong, big dude. And, you know, a lot of experience and everything. So I'm really looking forward to, to that match at ADCC. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a good, it's going to be a good show to watch. Can't wait to get there. Um, yeah. That's a wrap everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you got a different take, hey, hit us up. Let us know what you think on our post. We're going to be posting some stuff about these matchups, maybe posting some clips, asking more questions. Uh, we got a big UFC show coming up pretty soon. We got lots of stuff cooking. Uh, speaking of cooking, fellow Jujetero Eduardo Crema, ADCC ref, uh, former club bouncer, black belt extraordinaire, one of the coaches at Pacific Martial Arts here in Fresno, California, messaged me earlier to let me know that on October 1st, Pacific Martial Arts is going to be hosting a no-gi tournament for kids, teens, and adults. It, uh, registration fee is only 50 bucks. They're going to have custom medals. Acai, I have been assured there will be acai on the spot. The location of Done. the tournament is going to be here in Fresno, California. The address will be 6735 North Fresno Street, Fresno, California, 93710. And, yes, that is inside Fresno's own Valley Fitness. For more information, you can DM us, and we will forward your message to the proper people. Or you can hit up our boy, Eduardo Crema, at Eduardo at FresnoPMA.com. I'll post a link on our Instagram. Uh, or you can give them a call at area code 559-577-9384. From all us over here at Jujutero headquarters, have an awesome week, Jujuteros. Keep rolling and training, and we hope to hear from you soon. Peace. This is the motivation. Uh-huh.